I'm going to ask this question in all sincerity, and I do mean this. Do we actually believe that God's word is what it says it is, that it is actually the words of God? Do we actually mm. believe that? I'm asking it rhetorically, and we're going to explore that today because I know if I truly believed that these were God's words, I would be consuming scripture to no end, mm. like voraciously, right? I, I know that I will go sooner to my phone for validation than I will go to God's word oh, for validation. And yep. I'm, as I'm saying that, I'm super convicted. Yeah, we both are. We both are. I think, I think most people listening can attest to going to our phone before we go to God's word in some instances, right. maybe as a default. And so, yeah, if we really believe God's word is authoritative in his words, how would that change right. our marriage That's why I think and our it's relationship. So, it's so important for us to periodically in our marriage and in our own personal lives to revisit this truth that it's God's word and it's useful and it's true and it's authoritative and it's inerrant and all these different truths about God's word and how we can st- study that together as a couple mm-hmm. and keep each other growing in those, in those areas. So anyway, it's going to be a fun talk. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Okay, so we get this question quite a bit, and it's how do I study God's Word together? How can we grow closer in spiritual intimacy, mm-hmm. which inevitably will lead us to um, show couples, hey, read God's Word, study it, memorize it, read it at length together, mm-hmm. and then discuss it. That's that's typically how we go, but that's, that's what we advise couples to do, but mm-hmm. it does end up creating a little bit more um, confusion because a lot of people don't even know where to start. So that's what this episode's all about. Yeah, yeah, we're excited to kind of work through studying how we can study God's word together and breaking that down, what that looks like and how we can grow in spiritual intimacy together. Cause sometimes it feels like, you know, maybe as a wife, maybe you feel like you're studying God's word more than your husband and how can you encourage him in that? And how can you guys begin building that, that unity together? So anyways, we just want to get started here first with thanking all of our listeners and thank you for your ratings and your reviews. We appreciate that. If you have not done that, please do so. The two to five seconds that it takes to do it um, really speaks volumes to other people checking us out. And we just want to get out there and get Jesus in front of all the Mm. married couples. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for those who have done it. Uh, the second one is Patreon. You guys, if you listen to us, you know this is how we uh, keep this podcast going is through our amazing Patreon community. Mm. There's currently about 145 of you. Mm. So thank you for joining forces with us. If you're not aware, our mission is to point couples to Christ and commission marriages for the gospel. We're going to keep doing that as clearly and as consistently as we possibly can. And hopefully we're going to keep it ad free, mm. right? And so Patreon gives us a way to do that. You can go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage and be complicit in this mission. If we've helped you, uh, you can help us help others right. as well by being a part of that. Uh, that. There's links all over our website to get there. It's patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Yeah, it's really helped. I've been so excited to see what God's been doing through our patrons and through fierce marriage. We've had uh, we have already got a bunch of interviews in the can. We've already spoken with Jackie Hill and Preston Perry, and mm-hmm. we're going to be speaking with Jeff Bethke and Alyssa soon. And we are just so excited to bring mm-hmm. you guys 
topics and interviews from the best of the best and yes. talking about those those more qualified to talk about certain topics, I think, than us on some levels. Yeah, and we just we just released an episode with uh, Mike and Kim Anderson yes. on blended families, yes. step families. That's not something that we we're not a blended family, but you came from kind of a blended mm -hmm. family, and man, it's just talking to them has it's <laughs> it's like mind blowing how much we don't realize that a lot of couples are dealing with, mm. and so Patreon helps us get those interviews yes. coordinated and edited and all that good yes, stuff. Yes, and get it out to you all to share. So. And we did talk to the Straubs. We inter interviewed Josh and Christy Straub oh, this week. Oh, they're so great. It won't go live for about a month and a half, <laughs> but uh, oh my word, mind blowing. I felt like we were we were batting out of our we, league. We were talking about emotional <laughs> safety within marriage, and um, he is a doctor. They're both counselors. Anyway, super wise, Bible-believing, amazing, young, not young. They're amazing people. They have kids. We wish they were our people. Like, they are our people, but we wish they lived in Washington. I'd say they're young. They're our age. They're so. pretty friends. So we're, like, I, we're friends. I feel like we're yeah. friends. And it's we're excited to bring you that interview for sure. That was an incredible one. I feel a little bit slighted, the fact that you said they're not young because we're the same age. And I... Well, Can when I, I say young, young, no, when I say young, I, I think of like 20 year olds, like just youngins, we are, just little yeah, yes, and they're, they're not young. They're, you know, they're our age. So hatchlings, yes. little, little babies. These guys are, are our year old age babies. and so accomplished and just, <laughs> just kidding. Incredible. If you're people. in your 20s, don't feel insulted. You're not. We think you are very brilliant. You're a smart, beautiful person. them. <laughs> You're a you were 20 once. Do you remember that? And I was just the worst. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, so that's Patreon, folks. Uh, and it's been amazing to see how God's using yes. that. Uh, finally, if you have any questions throughout the life or the, the life of this podcast <laughs> or your life, <laughs> you can go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. And there are three ways to ask a question. One, you can fill out a form. Two, you can call in. Or text. And the third one is you can text this number, 971-333-1120. It's like two and a half. It's not really like three. It's like two. Oh, my word. Point one and There point is two. the smudgeness. <laughs> there it is. Goodness. They're my oats. <laughs> They're your oats, you know? Do what you want. Feeling your oats. Feeling your oats. Sowing your wild oats. They're your, your, oats. <laughs> They're your oats. Anyway, okay, so this this topic do we even have a title for this so this is like a studying god's I word wrote together a title but no that's fine not the if title. you don't want to read not it i'm gonna use that title <laughs> it's it's a title that she will always not be thinks said. of the best titles apparently no they're just not the worst <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We might have to end this episode early. <laughs> People, uh, go read your Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a cry for help. The end. This is cr <laughs> Selena's crying out for help from her husband, who is just the worst. Okay, so studying God's Word together. We're going to go with You need that to one. do more of that, apparently. <laughs> well, I read my Bible this morning. Did you? Um, yes. Oh, really? Are I you did. lying now? Did you read the part about not lying? Nope. <laughs> Didn't read that part. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Let me just open Are you sure it. that's in the Bible? Let me just ruffle some pages here. <laughs> Thou shalt not lie. Do you remember that? <laughs> Scorpion woman. Do you remember that at church when like they would say, turn to this and you, I remember for distinctly for the first time when I sat in big church and heard all the pages wrestling and I was like, what does that sound? Turn to and my mom's like, Genesis people two. opening their Bibles. Yeah. There Anyways, we're getting off track here. That's not a, that's not a sound we hear in, in church. I nowadays. know. That's what I'm saying. It's scary. That's it's we just, all the apps. Turn on your it's all phone. them youngins. It's all those youngins. Okay. Enough about the youngins. We love the youngins. We're trying to help equip the youngins to have a marriage after God and one that is... Yep. Just YOLO, your marriage. <laughs> just on fleek. We're going to lose just listeners yeet. because of you. Okay. <laughs> just...
So we are talking about the importance of God's word in your marriage and why we should study it, how we should study it, where to start. And I think we just need to kind of dispel some of the lies that we believe uh, when we when we approach the Bible, right? Mm. So maybe there's kind of this this fear of man. I mean, I don't know what situation you're in with your marriage. Maybe neither of you have really been in church and you haven't read your Bible a lot. And you're like, man, I feel like maybe I should jump back into this. But what will my husband think? Or what will my wife think? Or what will my friends think? Because I just mm. kind of feel like I'm at a dead end and dry. And I just, I need something more. And I don't know. I would just, I feel like sometimes that can be a a tripping stone, not a stepping stone, but a tripping stone. (laughs) Stumbling block. There you go. There it is. There it is. Harry Potter. Sometimes you're helpful. Harry Potter and the tripping stone. Sometimes you're helpful, Ryan. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. Um, You can feel like you, uh, you're, you'll, you're kind of alienated in your own marriage. And so that's definitely something that, we don't want to invalidate that, but I think we want to encourage you to get beyond, like to not get beyond it, but to push through that. That fear, right. realizing that. Well, and don't let that stop you from, yes. from diving in, I guess. Because what's on the other end of that is, is so life. much life yes. and so much truth and just richness in God's word. Yeah. I think the second one, this one is, I've felt this one a lot where it's this like fear of, I, if I read God's word, I won't understand it. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's like, I feel like the more I know, the more I feel this. Because I'll read into any any book in like the first half of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I'm like, am I really understanding what's happening here? And I feel yeah. like I'm just reading these stories at face value. And then you read commentaries or you hear someone preach on it and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, I am just, I totally missed it. What's the point? What's right. the use? I'll just listen to the sermon from now on and skip <laughs> and, and, and like skip out on that part. Right. And God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to know him through his word. Mm, absolutely. Um, and, <clears throat> and I want to comfort you as well. Knowing like God's word is written for lay people. Mm-hmm. It's not written for like the Hebrew scholar, or the, the Greek scholar, or, yeah. or the elite. Yeah. It's written and translated in a way that should be understandable to, to most. And it is. The thing yeah. is, is we, we, oftentimes we, we, we stand behind these fears. And I would use fear and excuse almost interchangeably here in mm-hmm. my own life. Mm-hmm. I think some fears are legitimate, but they can more, when it comes to reading God's word, they, they're more often a, an excuse, mm-hmm. seeing how we have free access to it, mm-hmm. talking about Western society. Yes. Yep. So like I'll 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 kind of duck behind this excuse because I don't really want to put in the effort, which is the second, the th- I mean the third excuse, right? Which is being distracted or too busy, yeah, or thinking you're too busy, but really being distracted <laughs> because it's challenging to right. read something you don't understand right out of the gate because right. we're so used to consuming sound bites, tweets, YouTube videos, yes. Netflix, and just being entertained to no end. That when it comes time to actually read something that is. Like, it's almost like eating vegetables. Yeah. Well, and isn't it so interesting that, like, God wrote his word? He, like, he spoke and he wrote it. It's inspired. It's God-breathed. But, like, he didn't make a video of it, right? (laughs) Or something like, and all of history comes around the written word. And it's not, like, Mm. just that medium, I think, is so intentional and so, like, just awe-inspiring There is some oral tradition. That, yes. That, that yes. Well, there had to be. Yes. Sheds light on this word, but the word itself is the part that we would say is inerrant. Yes. Is God's actual, yes. you know, His re- revealed word. Mm. Um, um, finally, I think we also have, two, I think, two other excuses is yeah. that we think is maybe not helpful or not relevant. Mm-hmm. Especially with like some of the Old Testament stuff, we'll read into it and we'll say, "How is this even? You know, how is this even helpful?" And Jesus. Jesus said, judge not, right? And so, or, or God is love. And that's all I need to know. <laughs> like everything else is just like, it's just, you know, to be tossed out. And 
I I cannot disagree with that excuse more in that there every aspect of the Bible is useful mm. in meaningful, deep, uh, relevant ways, mm-hmm. even all the way into like the books, the kind of the deep tracks, right? Like, <laughs> like the Pentateuch. So Genesis, people tend to read Genesis, but a lot of times folks <clears throat> will drop off in the, in the Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll kind of skip over those or like, the, you know, Chronicles, the books, uh, you know, the historical records. Mm-hmm. And there's some of the just the densest, richest stuff in there to be found about the character of God. And especially when you start to read Jesus on every page and mm-hmm. you start seeing the, the, redemptive, the redemptive story arch of scripture. So and I just want, I guess, to dispel that excuse or that fear. Yeah. And I think that's helpful. It yeah. is obviously. Yes, it's very helpful. But um, uh, sometimes we just kind of go to the line and we're like, I don't know where to start. I don't. I mean, I know the Bible. I know there's an mm, Old Testament yeah. and a New Testament, but I don't know where to start. Like, where do I jump in? And we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit later in our conversation um, as we get into it. But we just want to start with like defining what God's word is. Mm. What is the Bible? Yeah. And it uh, kind of defines itself in a lot of ways. Um, but I was reading on um, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They were talking about the authority of the Bible. And they said, you know, Psalm 119 exemplifies uh, the reverence God's people hold for his word. God's word serves as a guide for godly living. It said verses 9 through 11 provides strength for the weary. Verse 28. These are all in Psalm 119. Gives instruction. Verse 33. And understanding. 34. Brings renewal to life and leads to joy and delight. When God reveals himself, he does so at least in part by revealing information about himself. Indeed, it is only by his revelation that we know God. Hmm. Matt... So God's word is God's, the words of God. Yeah. And that is, I don't want to gloss over that because we tend to just take it for granted Mm. that God has given us his revelation. Mm -hmm. He has given us his word. He didn't have to reveal himself in this Mm -hmm. way. He didn't have to do that. He could have left it all to oral tradition. He could have, uh, he could have just said, you know what? I'll just reveal reveal myself in nature and let people kind of find me through observing creation. Mm. But he has given us his revel his revelatory word, which I don't know. I just that's mind blowing to think that the God of creation, the God of the universe, God came down yes. <laughs> and fit his revelation into into the language that we can mm. we can understand. Um, so I don't want to gloss over that at all. Um, well, so, and that it's it's alive, you know. It's yes, it's a guide. It's instruction. It's instructive for training, you know, in righteousness. Second Timothy three ten through seven teaches us that you know God's word is it's useful for teaching, instructing, mm-hmm. um, and training in righteousness. It's God breathed. So, like Hebrews four twelve is not. I'm sure everybody's familiar with this verse, but for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, mm-hmm. piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Mm. And I think that that's the King James version. So I think there should be a side note about versions here. Cause I just saw that pop up through um, some social media and I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. But um, I think the function, like what God's word is and the function that it, it has in our lives requires us to need it even more. Like if it's going to look into my soul and it, it knows my thoughts and Jesus knows the motives of my heart, all the more my need for God's word to live accordingly. Like, mm. right. I need to, I want that instruction. I want to know how he wants me to live because he knows even the deepest parts. And it's not a fear thing. It's a, it's a, I want to live out of what Christ has done for me and in well, me. Going to the source of life for 
life mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I want to I want to push back and be the be the annoying guy right now. There's the smudgeness. There it is. Here it comes. So I hear what you're saying, but we get a lot of messages from and maybe maybe a wife or a husband's listening to this who mm-hmm. says this is all great and I believe it, but my spouse, my husband, or my wife doesn't believe that God's that the Bible quote unquote or mm-hmm. is God's word. This book they don't see it as actual scripture. Right. And so there are some things I, I want to say that there, this faith, yes, it does take faith to believe these are God's words. However, we are not, it's not an irrational faith. Right. It's not an unfounded faith without reason. It's not some emotional behind experience it. that we had. It's right? not arbitrary. Yeah. So the canon, if, you, if you're not familiar, <clears throat> the canon is the current, is, is, is like the complete word of God as we, th- that we know as the Bible nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when we talk about Protestant, Protestantism, you know, we're Protestant, we're, we are, uh, reformed in theology, but Protestant in tradition. And so it's like, we, we see the old Testament, and the new Testament as they stand in the mainstream Bible, those are God's words. Now, outside of that, you have Judaism. They don't believe the new Testament's God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of, uh, in Catholicism, the Apocrypha has been included mm-hmm. as part of God's word. There's lots of, uh, kind, kind of, uh, debate and reason around that. But that's not, we don't hold that, tr- that true. And there's reason for that, mm-hmm. right? And there's reason for why we think Genesis through Revelation is the revealed word of God in its full completion, in its, it's t- completely adequate for salvation mm-hmm. and adequate for revelation. So how do you get to that? Um, it's a long conversation, <laughs> um, but I will say this, there are four characteristics of scripture I at least want to get through. Um, well, there's the canon, right? It's what belongs in the Bible and what does not belong. Just know that 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 conclusion was not made lightly. It was it was made with tons and tons of people and historical context mm-hmm. and reasoning behind it. How the scripture validates itself or doesn't validate itself. The number of manuscripts, original manuscripts that are available mm. to us, and the the ability to verify those. How the veracity of of these different these different manuscripts, uh, meaning that are they actually true? Are there geographical errors? Are there errors that don't jive with our view mm. of science? Mm-hmm. Uh, all this, all these tests have been passed mm-hmm. by the current book that we hold, and it's there are a lot of people who have a lot to gain and a lot to lose by seeing this these tests passed. Mm-hmm. But but our whole faith hinges on them, and I and I just want to say, if 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 you leave this with nothing else, just know that the, the word of God is objectively, like it is objectively established, and it is safe to say it is the word of God. Now within that there are characteristics, right? The authority we look at. How do we know that the Bible is God's word? There's inerrancy of scripture. Um, are there any er- errors in it? It goes to say that if, if we actually believe it's authoritative and it's God's word, then there shouldn't be any errors in it because God's perfect, right? He knows way more than we do. Um, thir- the second characteristic, so those two go together. The second one would be clarity. Um, can only Bible scholars understand hmm. the Bible rightly? And we were talking about this. No, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to have a clear understanding of and scripture. I don't know if this would be the point of where we would talk about versions of the Bible, because hmm. I honestly think it's been watered down through things like the message Bible. Ooh, um, doggy. I know I'm getting, I'm going into some people's business, but I really don't feel I, the message that is being, and without the pun intended, but the message that's being portrayed is not always one that I feel like is, is clear clearly going back to the gospel and to Jesus. It's, it's a very tainted line, I feel like. And the version that we tend to read out of is the ESV, the English standard version. I grew up with the new international version. King James seems to be the, like the standard, right. Of what should be read. Mm. 
Okay. It depends on the church that you come right, from. And, right, right. <clears throat> you know, certainly in our circles, ESV is kind of the thing. Um, NSB is a good one, I think. And there's there's a few other. I don't want to get into that. CSV No, I, think I is just a, want to make sure one. that when we are reading the Bible, we are reading an accurate version. And the reason people might wonder why are there different translations, it's because there's translation. And I'm not a pro on this, so please don't. If you're If you're a pro on this, give me some grace. But it has to do with you know, translating from meaning versus like literal word meaning mm-hmm. or phrase meaning or idea mm-hmm. and, um, and basically just language preference. So like the message Bible, I know that you were, you were just talking, I, I think it's actually a beautiful thing to read just as long as you don't read it as if like it, it should be a supplement to like a more literal translation, whether it's an idea literal or word literal, because the message is not literal. It's paraphrased. That's what I guess I don't agree with. Yeah. So if you read it alongside, I feel like it can give you a, a it can, it, it can, can be give really you encouraging, an extra give you an extra kind perspective of perspective maybe mm-hmm. on some things. Yeah, for sure. Maybe it can kind of color in, but I don't feel like it's a map. Like it's, it's not your bread and butter. It's yeah. going to be like your, your jelly on the side. Yes. <laughs> jelly on the side. And I love jelly. I love my jelly. But I don't like the message. <laughs> Sorry. <Okay>. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Um, the, I want to get through these characteristics. So there's, <clears throat> we talked about authority and clarity, also necessity, mm. uh, for what, asking the question of what purposes are the Bible necessary for what purposes are the Bible necessary and how much can people know about God without the Bible? So we, do we actually need mm. this divine revealed word? Cause a lot of people will just throw it out and say, Oh, just, you know, God is in nature. So I'm just going to, my church is this mountaintop, right? <laughs> right. And it's like, you're throwing out tradition. Yeah. You're throwing out, you're, you're just Anyway, you're rejecting kind of the things of God in the name of finding God, which I find ironic. But the second one is, or the fourth one, sorry, is the sufficiency of Scripture. Isn't enough for knowing God, what God wants us to think or do. Mm. So, in other words, we we believe that Bible is authoritative. It's clear. It's necessary and sufficient for the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're wondering where to go for more of this, I'm actually reading the table of contents from Wayne Grudem's Systematic (laughs) Theology on the doctrine of the word of God. So it's a very valuable book in our lives. Yeah. We, uh, rec- I recommend you grabbing a copy. It's about 50 bucks. It's expensive, but you'll, you'll keep it for the keep rest of your life. Ever, and you'll read it so much. Okay. So that's getting through kind of what God's word is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as, uh, you know, actually letting it bear weight on our lives, I think that's a different story, right? So there's this sense of, I know it's true in my head. Mm-hmm. If you get around to that, understanding what the I canon know what is. God's word is. I know that it's organized, intentional, it's purposeful. It's full of, it was full of, it's full of prophecy. It's full of stories that really illuminate who God is and his nature and his relationship with his people. Hmm. And so we understand, you know, what the Bible is. And then through that, I feel like we understand why it should, it mm-hmm. should bear weight on our, on our lives and in our marriage. Hmm. So, then we, you know, it kind of begs the question is why, why should we study the Bible with our spouse? Mm. Like, yeah. why can't I just study it and you study it? And, or why can't I just study it? Why should we study it together? Right. I think the big reason is if we really believe that there, it's God's words, it's the direct line to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone once said, if you want to hear God's voice, then read the Bible. If you want to hear God's voice out loud, then read the Bible out loud. <laughs> I love that because yeah. you can go to this book and you can say, these are God's actual words. Mm-hmm. They are fruit. They, they will bear fruit in my life. The thing is, is we are so emotion driven in our culture mm. that if we approach a text, we expect it to give to us. That is not how we're like, we need to approach the text humbly, more humbly than yeah. that. And instead of just like kind of saying, okay, well, God's sovereign. He's going to, I'm just going to flip the pages. 
and boom, that's where it, that's where he's got me to read today. And then if that doesn't like validate our immediate need for whatever we need, then we just discredit it, or we bend it to make it work for us, or or yeah, we bend it or proof scarier. text it. Yeah, and that's not how we are to approach God's word. We're supposed to approach God's word with a like I'm coming under the authority of it. It mm-hmm. is not coming under the authority of me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We look to God's word to validate what we want. Mm-hmm. And what we want it to say, as opposed to coming and reading it and saying, this is going to govern my life. It's mm-hmm. going to actually be the thing that decides for me. Right. And again, why why would God give us these instructions? Why is God giving us encouragement and guidance mm. and showing us how to live? Not to smash our joy, right? Not to limit no, our, our, no, our yeah. pleasure, but to actually to amplify it and amplify to, it in yes. him, uh, which is greater than anything we could you know, come up with on our own. <laughs> which actually, that's I got distracted. But what I was trying to say is that if we act, if it's the the way to hear God's voice and that to answer to the question, why should we study it is because we want to know God mm. because we want to know him more and we want to be more like Christ. We mm-hmm. want to better reflect his glory. We want to better serve him and serve his church and serve the people that we love. So, I mean, and part of reading the Bible, I mean, the Bible is, it exposes us on every level and it's, the greatest command that Jesus gave us was to love the Lord, our God, mm. with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's that's all of our being. And the Bible allows us and shows us and teaches us how to do that. The second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And you and I talk about constantly that our first neighbor is you and me, our, our, right. for our spouse. You know, you are, you are my first neighbor. And so loving you well, loving God well means being in the word, ultimately. And it's... Yeah. it's it's they go amazing. Hand in hand, yeah. yeah, they go hand in hand, and it's amazing to me that the Bible talks more about who we are and not just what we do. I mm. mean, I think sometimes we look and read the Bible as what should I do, and Jen Wilkins says this all the time about when people ask her, like, "What is the purpose of God for my life? Like, what do I need to do?" And she's like, "It's more about who you are than what you're doing or what you should he's not do." Working. He's not, but yeah. we can't do, we can't yeah. know who we are if we don't know who God is, and we know God who God is through His Word. That's so good. And so, as far as why we should study it as a couple, <clears throat> it. It, because it will transform you both in who you are, mm-hmm. it will inevitably give you multiple kind of touch points as a couple, mainly unity mm-hmm. in your pursuit of, of God and the things of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so unity in your purpose and clarity and purpose. of your mission, if, I think, would go there too. Yeah. So the Great Commission. Yep. Right? Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That it, is our that is our mission as a, as yeah. a people, right? Mm-hmm. And so... If we are reading God's word and agreeing on that, then we can be in unity and and, and pursuing that mm-hmm. purpose with clarity. Well, and when you read Genesis and you read about God's God commissioning Adam and Eve, right, and purposing, giving them purpose, like go forth and multiply, mm-hmm. subdue the earth. I feel like I'm missing one. <laughs> uh, be fruitful. Be multiply. fruitful. Multiply. There it is. Fill, fill the earth and fill subdue the it. Fill the earth and subdue it. Just multiply the earth and subdue, subdue the fruit. Subdue the fruit. Subdue the fruit, yo. <laughs> oh boy, rain it in. But um, again, we see instruction. We see yeah. clarity of purpose. We see unity. We uh, unity is allowed to happen between uh, me, my heart, and your heart. Um, because we're understanding the things of God ideally together, mm. and we're understanding His purposes um, for marriage. It's mm. you know, it's it's perspective. It gives us hope in difficulty. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we have Jesus as our high priest. I, I believe it's Hebrews that talks about it. Hmm. Um, and it's it's when it means like we have a a high priest that knows suffering. Right. He mm, knows yeah. how to empathize with us. He 
instructs us to have compassion for one another and to extend mercy and grace to one another because he himself has extended that to us a million times over. And so again, we are, we are given perspective outside of our own world, outside of our own thoughts and feelings. And, uh, you know, just our, who we are as a a human being, we we are given this, this biblical, I just want to say big, I don't know how like eternal universal, not universal, but big, just eternal perspective, I guess. Well, I'll just, I'll tell a story real fast because it, if you've read our book or listened to the podcast, you probably know this, but when we were in our second year of marriage, we mm-hmm. went to Switzerland, we moved there and worked there. I got very sick. I had a heart condition, didn't realize I had it, ended up almost killing me. And, um, I had, I continue to have like this, it's a heart, I have two heart defects. My, I have a hole in my mitral valve. I also have a bicuspid aortic valve, right? And those are, those are not normal heart things to have. And so doctors have told me, Hey, you're going to have to get this looked at. Basically, you know, your short, your lifespan is going to be shorter than the average human, unless there's intervention, all that kind of stuff. And periodically that'll kind of hit me. And I was talking to some friends a couple weeks ago, we had just experienced a tragedy in our church. Somebody had died unexpectedly at a very young age. And I was just, man, I was like, man, mortality is just so scary. And my good friend, um, he just said, that is why my hope is in eternity. That's why I have to rest in my hope of being in eternity. And man, I just found that so profound and so encouraging to know that I have a God who has made a promise of a life in eternity and he has kept the promise. We haven't talked about this yet, but scripture is the culmination of all kinds of books, 66 books written by many authors over the span of about 15 years. And they all tell 1500. one... 1500 years, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, 15 years. Uh, 1500 years. And they all tell one big story of God's redemption of his people and how God is a covenantal God. He kept his covenantal promise mm-hmm. to his people and that is the embodied in the person of Christ mm-hmm. and the, and given to us through Christ on the cross and his mm-hmm. resurrection. It's amazing. And that hope and that perspective of hope and eternity of reading, studying God's word uh, gives me perspective in this life. Right. And I think God's word is, is so, it's so sufficient for us. Right. And we, mm. it, it provides the history and the background and like mm. the depth of understanding, it gives us instruction and guidance and encouragement for today, but it also keeps our eyes and our hearts on, on things above. And it, it yeah. reminds us of eternity. It helps us know that there's purpose beyond us and beyond today. It's that beautiful um, kind of that phrase that we hear. It's already, but not yet. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's been done. Yes. Uh, Already, but not yet. I mean, yes. that's, it's decided the battle is, the, the war is won and we're still kind of waging the battle mm-hmm. here in this planet. We're mm-hmm. still being sanctified. Uh, but in the next life, it's all, it's all done. It's right. all promised. And so that, that perspective is so huge. Yeah. So again, just recapping like why we, sh- why we should study the Bible with our spouse. You know, it brings us, it unifies us and it builds that spiritual intimacy. Mm. Um, it, it provides clarity of purpose uh, as, as living on mission, you know, under the great commission, um, as well as understanding the purpose, uh, how mm. God commissioned kind of Adam and Eve to, uh, be fruitful and multiply and mm. subdue the earth. And they were the first married couple. And so how does that apply to us today as mm. a married couple? Um, we're given perspective and hope in difficulty. Yep. Uh, we're not just kind of lost in the troubles of today, but we're able to understand them in the greater context of, of eternity. Um, and then we're given instruction on for how to live and how to love each other. You know, we, we talk about how to communicate well, how to have better intimacy, right how to reconcile and have go, get through conflict. But all of these things to do are, are rooted in scripture. I love, so we oftentimes at a wedding, you'll hear 
the pastor talk through First Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle. You know, it is not self-serving. Mm-hmm. It does not boast all these things. And so we're given instruction for how to do that. But then we see in the life of Christ, we see that Jesus himself, who is love, he, God is love. Mm-hmm. Jesus was kind. Jesus was gentle. Mm-hmm. He was not self-serving. So we're given actual tangible instruction for how to live and love in this life. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about kind of where to start reading. But in the epistles, we're taught about how to, how to live. Mm-hmm. Right, and the epistles being the letters from Paul and the others, others to the, the ch- churches and to individuals in the New Testament. Um, so it's very tangible. It's another reason why uh, we should read Scripture. And I think this one's very important. We oftentimes will forget it in our own lives that we actually, I think, in many capacities, we need the Word of God. Mm-hmm. This is the final reason why that we're going to give today. <laughs> is that you need the word of God. Mm-hmm. Matthew 4.4 4 says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I just love that. And I that is that. from the mouth of God. Like that is from, that is Jesus mm-hmm. speaking, you know, in the desert after he's being tempted and yes. the enemy's like, here, have all these things. I will give you all these things. And he's like, man shall not live on bread alone. You know, the enemy's appealing to his hunger, appealing to his humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and God, Jesus just comes right back at him that, mm. and, and not just at him, but he <laughs> provides what the truth is and how sufficient it is. And it can be so and in our need, in just, our need, just as Christ was yes. in his need, yes. he was still saying that we, we need God's word mm-hmm. more than we need what we think we need mm. in the flesh yeah. or in whatever our circumstances, right. whatever that is, we need God's word. Right. And we don't live on that thing alone. We live on, we live on the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right. And just to harp on this chord of, of needing God's word for, as an instruction for how to live, but how to love, you know, it's first John four nineteen that says we love because he first loved us. So understanding God's love, um, happens when we read the Bible and what is, what is the first and greatest commandment that Jesus gives us to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm. And the Bible allows us to it teaches us, it allows us, it shows us how to love God that way. And the second greatest commandment is this, so love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And my first neighbor is my husband. Loving him, knowing how to love him comes from knowing God's word. It comes from knowing who God is and how he's loved me. Mm. And again, I can only learn this. I, I'm going to argue this, but I can only learn the the truth of this, I feel like, and the evidence uh, of this through the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In, teaches us as we read, I feel like, and counsels mm. us and brings per, uh, more perspective and p- uh, just a picture yeah. of what this looks like. That's good. Um, it ministers and to my heart. <laughs> again, talking about we need it, right? Yes. We need this word. We need God's word in our lives. Really tangible example in my own life is, you know, I'll oftentimes get kind of, if, if I left to my own devices, I'll lose my peace mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll start to feel anxious and uh, out of control, and that causes me to be kind of stressed out about things. <laughs> and I think of, I think it's um, John fourteen twenty seven. Mm-hmm. My peace I give you, my mm-hmm. peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. I can just cling to that promise with desperation. I need to know that Jesus has given me peace mm-hmm. that's beyond this world, mm-hmm. that's beyond this life, like we talked about with my heart issues, but also with just whatever circumstance is happening. So, right. And how much does peace give us hope, right, right. and assurance? Right. So we've talked through we've talked through kind of the lies we believe mm-hmm. when we approach scripture. I'm just gonna recap real fast here. Uh kind of some of our excuses that we that we bring mm-hmm. to God's word. And then we talked about what is God's word, actually the canon, what is the Bible, what what role should it play in our lives, uh why should we study 
God's word with our spouse. We talked about the various aspects of that, namely unity, spiritual intimacy. Uh, finally, you might be wondering, where do I actually start? How do we read scripture together mm-hmm. tangibly? How can we actually implement? Yeah, Ryan and Selena, you guys have these great ideas and you think I'm on board, but how do I actually start doing that? Well, I think to get going on that, we want to lay out kind of three ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably more than this, but I, I found three major ways that we can approach scripture. Mm-hmm three major intents that we have. Uh, I think the first one is volume. So volume would be just going to scripture to uh, just get it in you, mm-hmm. right? To read as much as you can mm-hmm. uh, in one sitting. Usually in my own case, I can usually sit down for 20 or 30 minutes before I start getting really tired. Mm-hmm. No matter if it's morning or even doesn't matter, I get tired when I read. And that's just to get kind of a big, broad perspective of what the scripture says, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I have a reading plan that I'll follow, and that will give me a piece from the Old Testament, some piece from the New Testament, some from the wisdom chapters or in somewhere in the middle there. And that kind of gives me just a broad perspective. The goal there is to get it in me. Yep. Yep. Uh, the next one would be study. So when you actually sit down with a chunk of scripture uh, and go through each line, I like to go through them line by line and mm-hmm. kind of look at each word, ask questions about scripture. I just did one of these a couple of weeks ago where I was reading through the first chapter of uh, Colossians. I think mm-hmm. it took like verse Colossians 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verses like, I don't know, 10 through 15 or something like that, looking at the, emin- the preeminence of Christ. And it was so fun because I could just look at it and just kind of what I'll do is I'll write the verse out and then I'll write uh, what that means. And I'll look at the commentary mm-hmm. and what what's happening in the Greek behind that. And you, I use biblehub.com as a great website mm-hmm. with commentaries has and the parallel interlinear versions studies and, yeah. and parallel versions. And but the secret here, I feel like the secret, the secret, in, sauce. It, the secret in the sauce here <laughs> that we learned on the Knowing Faith podcast was that studying... Um, doesn't have to be an everyday thing. So we yes. read volume. We we believe you should probably be reading the Bible every day for volume, mm. getting it in you, getting it into your heart and your life. Studying actually happens um, maybe two to three times a week mm. where you are sitting down and dissecting a few verses. You're understanding the context. You're reading commentary. You're really diving in deep and asking hard questions of God's word. Or really just once a week too. And, or once a week. And, yeah. Sorry. I'm not trying to, you can do this as much as you want, but I don't know about you, but when I have kids and life and all the things, <laughs> I felt very yeah. overwhelmed by having to read for volume and try to study the volume as much as well. And so to be able to understand that, okay, I can read scripture and still have God's word mm-hmm. breathing and alive and in me on a consistent basis, yeah. but I also can have time set aside to study his word and to be able to understand it in a way that I can also minister it, right? Mm-hmm. But I can also dissect the deeper truths that are here. Um, that was so it was liberating, so liberating to me. <laughs> so the context of that is, Selena mentioned Knowing Faith, it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're an incredible team of just people who love the Bible and study the Bible. Uh, but Kyle Worley, he's one of the guys, and he's a pastor who has to preach every Sunday. And he said that he only does this like two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing maybe this is on top of his message prep, or maybe it's part of it. But at any rate, I found it very relieving to know that I don't have to do this every day. Because what would happen is I'd sit down to read through my reading plan, and I would just feel overwhelmed. Like I'm three verses in. Right, and you're like, oh, this is blowing me away. And I fall behind, exactly. (laughs) And I'd be like, well, screw that. I can't keep up with that reading plan. (laughs) Like I just need like the three verses a day reading plan. (laughs) But there's no way you can get the volume that way. Right, right. And so I found that very relieving. There's a happy balance there. Yeah. Yep. And then the last one is uh, scripture memorization. And... You know, like any type of education or any sort of learning, repetition is key and memorization requires repetition. And you have an app, the Fighterverse app that you were using for a while that has been Mm -hmm. super helpful to you. 
Um, but you were also saying there was a verse on your, um, your wallpaper that was really yeah. kind of, well, it's when I, the reason I love memorizing scripture is because when it's in your guts, right, it comes out when you need it most. Yes. You know how you always hear office quotes on this podcast, <laughs> fair listener? <laughs> kind of in our guts. <laughs> it's in our guts. So like when you're, your brain is constantly indexing and, and retrieving information. Mm. And if we commit this stuff to memory, the Bible calls it writing the word on your heart, right? Mm. Like like on a tablet of your heart. Such amazing poetry right there. Right. right. <laughs> and so if we actually get it in our in our guts... It comes out, and one of the verses that's been in my guts lately, and hopefully will stay there, oh just so like <laughs> gushy sounding. Yeah. Sorry, uh, is it comes from the? I actually don't even know the reference, but the the actual verse is, "You have put uh, more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Mm. In peace will I both lie down and sleep for you alone. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety." And I love. So I was actually, um, I, I can't figure what I was doing, but I was I was thinking through that, and I was like, man, I can have. I have more peace than they have, giving me more joy than they have, they being people who are not followers of God, who are not God's people, uh, people that may be like, you know, um, uh, prevailing in wickedness, right? Mm -hmm. I still have more peace than they have when their grain and wine abound. You have more peace just lying down and going to sleep. And the, and I thought, got, I started thinking through act. the acts of yes. like lying down, how that's, you know, especially when this was written in an agrarian society and mm -hmm. that sort of, by laying down, it's actually a very vulnerable mm -hmm. position. You're defenseless. And that is like, you have to have a sense of uh, physical security in mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. And then to actually go to sleep means that your mind and your heart have to be quiet as well. Mm -hmm. You have to have the sense of spiritual and emotional security yeah. to do those two acts. And it, because you, alo you alone, oh Lord, make me lie down in safety, mm -hmm. make me dwell in safety. So it's remembering those things, especially in those times when, like, I, the reason why I thought of that is because I woke up this morning. I think it was either this morning or yesterday morning. I just woke up and <laughs> I was... Blur. <laughs> All a blur, but the, literally the first thing in my mind is like, you made me lie down and sleep in mm -hmm. safety, and and it's just immediately you know, I'm stirring up, welling up in me, and stirring my affections for for Christ and for God and for mm -hmm. my my family and just thankfulness and contentment, and that's all through like memorization. So good. Um, yeah, so good. yeah, yeah. So doing this together, how 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 would we recommend reading the scriptures together and? basically saying we would we would read them in sync so do the same find a reading plan find something that works for you all uh, and yeah. do it together study the same passages maybe start with a chapter um talk about them at length fall in love with god's word mm. and understand that and just i guess approach it humbly like we've talked about i think in the past is god's let god's word um reign in your life let it have mm. authority um, not to smash you down or like destroy mm. your 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 well being, but to actually amplify his his glory in your life and and your your joy should yeah. be deeper and your hope should be richer and and more full. And I think and the, the key to this though is reading it together is making sure that you're biting off the right amount because mm -hmm. sometimes what'll happen is you'll get one spouse who's really gung ho about it. Me, <laughs> uh, it's actually me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, it's, it's almost like working out, right? You, you don't want to just be dragging someone else into the gym and they're just like begrudgingly. You know, they're... You're the worst. <laughs> not kidding. <laughs> Whatever. You benched like a thousand pounds this week. Um, no, but no, you want to make sure that you're, you're doing it at a pace that is sustainable mm -hmm. to begin to kind of build this habit. Don't expect that you're just going to get off, you know, g get out of bed and run a five minute mile. Right. In terms of like reading scripture, don't right. expect if you've been running six minute miles that your spouse is going to run a six minute mile that right. next morning uh, in terms of reading scripture. Mm -hmm. and so don't, start with something that's palatable for both of you. Yeah. And don't short circuit it either. We just encourage you to stay in it and stay with it. 
Um, maybe you get frustrated by reading the Bible. It happens. It's good. It's yeah. good for our beliefs and what we think we know um, to come head headlong and crash into scripture. That is where we start learning and growing mm. in God's word. We grow mm. in spiritual intimacy and that just kind of flows into every area. So um, getting more tangible as well, where would we recommend starting yeah. as a couple? Where would you, where would you say we should start reading the Bible if it's been a while and we just, we just haven't been in it. What, what's a good place to start? Leviticus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah just chew on that dry bread. <laughs> um, no, a lot of times your tendency will be to say, all right, let's start. Just start page one, Genesis one, Genesis in one. the beginning. Not a bad place to start, but. Not a bad place to start, but it is going to be a little bit hard to stick with because it gets harder to follow the deeper you get into the first five books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're incredible, necessary, good books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're not as easy to read, nor are they going to give you kind of that gospel perspective mm. right off the bat. You'll get there, but. Uh, I would say start with the New Testament, namely start with one of the Gospels. And if you're picking, I'd say start with Mark, which is a fast read. It's, a, I think, a shorter book, and it's more about kind of the things it's, that Jesus did. I would argue that, but that's good. You should read all the Gospels, the whole Bible. We should all read the you Bible. You would argue that. How would, dare you? Well, because I, I want to know the person of Jesus. I know you can get to know somebody through their works, of course, right. but like the Gospel of John is, is more about who Jesus was. Who Jesus was and kind of what he said versus right. just what he did. What he did. But what he did is so powerful, right? So, you know, Mark, John... Pretty. And Luke is written from a different perspective yep. as well. He's yep. a physician. So there's there's going to be some difference there. But if you have to start somewhere, I'd choose either Mark or John. Mm-hmm. I think John is beautiful. It's it a, is. So maybe just start with John. And then after that, maybe jump into one of the Pauline letters, namely uh, one. there's one called Ephesians or Philippians. Those are those are letters written to the people in a church plant, basically, mm-hmm. on how to, how to live within church and live within community and how to just work out the um, what it means to be a Christ follower in that mm-hmm. day. They're very applicable for us for that reason. That's why um, I love reading Paul's letters. Romans is really good. It's really rich theologically, Mm -hmm. but it's it's not as easy to read sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I'd say maybe jump back into um, some of the historical books. So like 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, 1 and 2 Samuel. That'll Mm -hmm. give you kind of the story of God's people and the Jewish people. Um, But... If you get that far, I mean, then definitely get onto a reading plan. Maybe if one you that, get that far, you well, should. <laughs> come on, you people, we can do it. Yes, you're right. You can do it when you get that far. Just make God's word a part of your our problem, rhythms, right? The problem with the reading plan at that phase is it tends to jump between New and Old Testament, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you, it's it starts to it, it's kind of overwhelming, and it's hard to understand kind of the big picture of any one book if you're constantly jumping between them. It's hard mm-hmm. to get that that full kind of submersion. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say if you're starting as a couple, just start with like chapter one of John. Yeah. Read that today. Same. Tomorrow I'll read chapter two, chapter three, and then just discuss it like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways we've talked about, and I love discussing it this way, is we, we will we'll talk through maybe a part of the passage that kind of um, jumps out at us. Then we do a study. What do you think he means by that word? Mm. Or why did why does why is it worded like that? Or what's happening in this context of this story that would have made this a really unusual mm. kind of occurrence? Mm-hmm. Ask those types of questions. Once you've wrestled with that, maybe journal it a little bit, discuss it, um, then jump into the commentary. Mm. Uh, we use a website called Bible Hub. Which is incredible. It really is incredible because you can look at all the different uh, versions kind of parallel to each other. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of commentary. Um, it's just an incredible, useful mm-hmm. tool. And yeah, also, and it's totally free. Did we mention? I think we've mentioned systematic theology. We had to re we had to go back and re-record some of this because of audio <laughs> difficulties. 
but um yeah we and systematic theology is a really good place to go as well yeah. so um yeah i think for as far as our challenge for you guys um how how can you actually put this to work i would say just sit down and have a conversation. So how do we want to cultivate a love for God's word together? Mm-hmm. Just ask that exact question and then look at uh, maybe your maturity in your own walk. And how do you understand God's word? And how mm-hmm. do you understand the big story of scripture? Mm-hmm. And if you're at a loss, just start with John 1. If you feel like you can start in a place with like maybe a more advanced breeding plan or whatever, then do that. I think the point is do that in unity yeah. and just come up with whatever that plan is. Mm-hmm. And by all means, just stick with it. You guys, we can do this. God's word is so good. Mm-hmm. And if it is, like we said, if it is truly God's word, it is it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is different because of this. And I think so often I'm guilty of this is I just take it so lightly. Right. I take right. it, I, I take it for granted. It becomes, it can become familiar, right? Yes. And when I say familiarity breeds contempt and it's like, we just, we take it for granted. We see it as, okay, yeah, it's something we do. But when we, I mean, this whole podcast is based on scripture and the Bible. It's Our based, lives, yeah. Yeah, we're all... <laughs> whole ministry, yeah. We talk about how do you resolve conflict? How do you communicate better? How do you have better sex? And honestly, it all is rooted in God's word. It's all... Mm, yep. We can't just answer these. I mean, we can give you some trite answers for sure, but... The depth of what the depth of what we need as humans and what our souls are are just so thirsty for is God's word and his principles and his promises and understanding his character and his relationship uh, with us. And we see that through his relationship with the Israelites, with the with Mm -hmm. the Hebrews and all it is. So I love this analogy is if you're building a house and you don't have a laser level or one of those fancy bubble levels or whatever, (laughs) I guess the laser would be more fancy in that case. But in the in the olden days, <laughs> you would have what's called a plumb line, which is just a heavy weight on the end of a string, and you would hold that plumb line up, and it would it would pull straight down into the earth, and it would be a perfectly straight line, and you would have to be plumb and level, meaning that you would have to be straight up and down as a house, mm-hmm. and level would be the horizontal beams, and if you weren't plumb or level, then that structure would would want to fail. Now, God's word is our plumb line. Mm. Everything that Selena said in terms of love, your sexuality, in terms of how you communicate, it is the center point that we are centered on, meaning that how can we even define love and a loving sexual relationship, a loving communication life? How can we define any of that without a standard? And God's word has given us that standard. Mm. God has given us that standard in his revelation, Mm -hmm. both the revelation of his word, but also in the person and work of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then everything that's, you know, in God's word and how to live that out. Mm -hmm. So it really does like our lives as believers hinge on our understanding and our dedication to the inerrancy and the goodness and the sufficiency of God's word. So mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you guys to dive in yeah. head first, go for it. Yeah. Now, here we go. If you need some, if you need some tangible tools, we do have some of those available to you. All these ones I'm going to mention are available at our, our, our shop website, which is shop.fiercemarriage.com. But if you're new to the word, if you're new to studying scripture together, um, Definitely start with, we have a devotional, it's called Two is One, and it's meant to be done. It's the same, you can do it the same book with two people, so it's very inexpensive. It's Mm -hmm. like 15 bucks or something. Um, But it just goes through a page-long devotional. You study scripture, you answer some reflection questions, and then you would pray for each other Mm -hmm. uh, in that. And that's 30 days, and um, that's a good place to start. It's a pretty like kind of uh, broad um, broad look at mm-hmm. themes in the Bible in terms of marriage. Now, if you wanted to go deeper in your pursuit of each other, in light of how Christ has pursued you, you can study um, God's word through our devotionals, 31 day pursuit. Now, all of this with the caveat is nothing will replace reading God's right, word. Right. They're very supplemental. These would be supplement. If you have to choose between God's word and devotional, 
Read your Bible. Read your Bible. <laughs> Read your Bible. Mic drop. But the 31-day pursuit challenge is just a way ways for couples to creatively um, show pe- show love through actions of love, through pursuing each other. You can find those books and learn more at 31daypursuit.com. Finally, we have um, the 40-day prayer journey, which is about building a habit of prayer. We love the, na- the number 40 <laughs> simply because... 40 is about what science says it takes to build a habit that lasts. Mm-hmm. They say between four and six weeks. So we went with 40 days, right. um, four and eight weeks. Uh, but also 40 is a theme throughout scripture as mm-hmm. well, which is not, it's not a magical number, but it's just a beautiful reminder of God's grace and sovereignty in our lives as we live these things out. Things like uh, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Mm-hmm. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert. Um, the Israelites spent 40 years in the desert. Exactly. So this number 40 is a recurring reminder of God's mm-hmm. grace and plan for his people. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we love the, the 40 days of prayer. Um, but that's just praying scripture over each other. Actually taking these scriptures as as God's words and responding to God on behalf of your spouse. Mm-hmm. So you can find those at 40prayers.com and it'll take you to that product page. Anyway, all of this, you guys, we've written these resources, frankly, just to just to help you mm-hmm. apply and divide God's word and apply it to your marriage. Um, so we hope you'll take advantage of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some sales and stuff as well. But there we go. You're such a good marketer. All right. So <laughs> I, I just want to do a quick reminder. Speaking of that, a quick reminder, <laughs> if, if you've been helped by this podcast, we, yeah. we just want to formally ask you to help us by leaving a rating or a review on iTunes. Uh, that means a ton. Just go ahead and click that star rating. And if you have a click second or two, five star rating. <laughs> uh, you said it, not me. <laughs> um, but, and if you have, you know, a minute, leave a couple sentences in the review section that helps yeah. us a ton. Yeah. And if you have any questions, you can ask those. Awesome. You go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. So I'm going to close us out. Please do. Okay. Yeah. God, thank you so much for your word and that you've given us the ability to know you through your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would continue to lead us back to to your to you. Lead mm. us back to your word. Help us to understand and know who you are, God, and to know the depth and the implications of the person work of Jesus Christ, not only for us individually but in our marriage. Help us to live out of the knowledge and the love and the hope. Mm and the assurance that you give us in your word. Help us to be devoted, God. Mm. Help us. We love you, Lord. Again, thank you for your word. We are so blessed and grateful to be able to Mm. dive into it every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, fine podcast listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been fine, a fun episode. Fine podcast we, listeners. I love fine. Po- I love li- talking about God's word. It's so, so good. So just life giving. Forever, I think. Yeah, we can talk forever. So thank you for listening, and we hope it's helped you. And we will see you in about seven days. This episode is in the can. I almost thought you were going to forget it. All right. See you in seven days, guys. Stay fierce. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.